Welcome to the Pet Perspective. This episode, I'm speaking to Antonella Marticano, who is a certified clinical animal behaviorist and director of the Animal Wellbeing Center in London, which is a dog training center and a behavior consultation clinic. And she's going to be talking to us about uh, dogs and terrible teens and what happens when your dog becomes an adolescent and becomes a little bit rebellious. Hi there, Antonella. Hello. Thank you so much for having me and specifically to be talking about one of my favorite topics. It's definitely um, a hot topic among all dog owners, something we all go through. You have a, a wonderful puppy and he's cute and he's doing all of these cute things and then, the do- and then he or she gets to a year, gets to 18 months and the cute things start to be a little less cute uh, and sometimes become a little bit more serious and worrying. So yes. what is this behavioral regression or what are the, the, the kind of teenage years for a dog then? So um, first of all, it starts much, much earlier. Um, 18 months, a year plus, you're already probably talking of a young adult. So your puppy's really puppy, uh, as in a toddler, uh, until the age, some people might cry about this, five months, six months, depending on the size of the dog, you can maybe push it seven, eight months. But yes, that's, um, that, that's adolescent. That's adolescent uh, at that age. And that's when you probably start seeing behaviors that you uh, as a pet owner might not be expecting and what kind of things might happen around this age then um so typical problems that you probably start seeing with your adorable puppy that everybody loves and wants to say hi and comes six months old and things start you know not being so cute is um that sort of exuberance that you see in puppies that we think because puppies uh, are young and they need to go and say hi to everybody and approach everybody and everything. Um, suddenly an adolescent um, or around that age, it doesn't look so cute. You don't want your dog to uh, be showing those behaviors anymore. And people also might not find them so cute. It's very nice to have a little, you know, ball of fluffy ball coming and say hi to you but then when they're adolescent uh and they start jumping at strangers um you don't want to you don't want to do that and Mm -hmm. people don't like that Mm -hmm. so that's probably the one of the 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 main um unruly behaviors um the one that gets a little bit more worried and as a you know as a clinical animal behaviorist uh will be the cases that i would be uh, seeing the most is potentially start displaying um aggressive behavior or behaviors that, you know, when we talk about aggressive behaviors, people might think that it's just a bite, but it's like lunging, growling, snapping, um, lung, yeah, as I already say lunging, but like charging suddenly at another dog or a group of dogs. And obviously you have then the nipping, biting, etc. Yes. Mm-hmm. One that I noticed in my uh, wonderful dog, who's now four years old, is that he got around around this age and he stopped listening to me as well as he did before and it was almost like he was pushing uh himself a little bit or pushing me a little bit to see what kind of new things he could do and get away with is this another common one it is it is but um so what is interesting there is i i think is 
because people will describe it as naughty and, and really the dog not listening to you, which, they, they, yes, that, that is the case. But it's also because when dogs are much younger, so when they're like in that toddler, um, and, I, you know, I do a lot of analogy between human and dogs, because at the end of the day, um, we have a we very, very similar. We are, you know, part of the animal kingdom. Uh, we are social species um, and we're mammal. So when you are a baby or when you're a toddler, you're very dependent on your parents. So you're going to have a, a puppy that potentially is not going to go too far away from you. Um, so you don't need to focus on recall. You take it for granted. And then comes adolescence, comes puberty, when, uh, yes, they take more risks, they become more social, they want to be with their own species. And that's when you're getting kissed goodbye to your recall. Um, potentially, it's because you didn't have the recall from puppy. Your puppy just was next to you. You didn't really train that. Um, then, as I was saying before, your dog was probably already jumping at, at you, but you were finding that very cute and picking up your dog and put it in your lap um, and then turns into adolescent and that, you know, your dog, let's just talk about an example, a breed, a large breed when he was a puppy was cute, but now it's big again, get jump at the dining table. And now it's not so cute uh, because it's going to grab your, you know, your Sunday Sunday roast uh, and you think your dog is not <laughs> listening to you mm-hmm. uh, and is being naughty when, you know, um, if you leave a sticky toffee pudding around <laughs> and I can reach it, I probably will go and grab it. That's a really good point, actually. So what you're kind of saying is it's not that there's this huge regression at this teenage. It's more that things weren't actually as solid before as you thought and the dog is now old enough for that to become a problem. Yes. So so, uh, now let's just explain a little bit about the biology of what that happens. So when we are born, and when I say we, I'll include dogs and and homo sapiens, uh, so humans on this, our brain is not fully formed. Um, and puppies, the part of the brain that is like the m- more advanced, if you want, is the exuberant, is the excitable. That's what puppies are super, you know, excitable, aroused. Um, and the part of the frontal cortex, which is the decision making or the one that sort of regulates the emotions, it hasn't started or is not yet fully formed. And there is a massive gap. There's really an unbalanced between those part of the, the brain, the one that will be like, yo, just just wait, let's just, you know, sit down, think about it, versus the other part of the brain that is like, no, yay, you know, party, let's do this. And when you reach adolescence, that is even worse. Mm-hmm really, really worst. So that's when you start seeing, so there's a lot of hormonal changes, um, which makes it even worse. So it's really, really difficult for the individual to actually regulate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you see adolescents that, you know, are unruly and people may label them as being, you know, naughty, that they know better, they actually they can't regulate themselves. Mm-hmm. It's something physiological. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to be naughty like us when, you know, uh, and I hope, well, my mom doesn't speak good English, very well English. So hopefully if she listens to that um, <laughs> and, and I'm much older now, but I remember I'm originally from Venezuela. Um, and when I was 16, you needed to be 18 to go to a nightclub. Um, I mean, I could be dead you know, between 16 and 18. That's two years waiting. That's way too long. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I managed to get a fake ID. 
Um, I drove when I didn't have a driving license. So when you had a lesson, it's just that sort of like you want it and you want it now. Mm -hmm. You cannot wait. Mm -hmm. So that's probably why they get into trouble. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a mix then. If if your training wasn't on point to start with and you've been letting your puppy jump up a little bit at strangers or been a bit lax with the training and then all of these hormones kick in and suddenly it's a problem. Yeah, like like a, like a child. If you have a, a you know a toddler that you would allow and you don't give, um, and I'm not talking about obedience. Um, I'm talking about giving boundaries, giving very clear communication of you know what is expected um, from that individual. Because at, at the end of the day, um, I'm not saying all the behavior. There are behavior problems, but majority majority no, but ma- well, yeah, majority are problematic behavior. So they're not clinical behaviors. You know, they're not related to a trauma or a clinical aspect. Our behaviors that are natural for dogs that mm-hmm. actually we don't like. So mm-hmm. if from the start we don't put those boundaries and really ex- with positive reinforcement, teach the dog what we are expecting from the dog to do, um, then it becomes unfair to then expect an adolescent that, that they know what to do. They've never been to primary school and you're expecting them to sort of now being the best student in high school when they don't even have the foundations. I love that analogy, really love that analogy. Uh, And the idea of it being about setting expectations and setting boundaries and really teaching your dog uh, to know what you want rather than it having to guess. So say I've I've got a dog that's six, seven, eight, nine months old, haven't maybe been the best at setting boundaries because he was really cute and small until a couple of months ago. And now he's kind of jumping on the sofa, jumping on people, um, running away in the park. What kind of things can I start to do to start to set those boundaries and expectations with my now adolescent dog? So I think the first, first advice will be take a deep breath. really take a deep breath (laughs) very very deep breath uh and don't feel guilty about it uh because you didn't know better um a lot of and and i'm talking about london i don't know the experience um obviously outside london but i see and you know and even more after the the lockdown that you have young couples that um got their first dog so a lot of couples will have a dog uh, as you know let's just instead of having a child for example and i'm sure I don't have kids, but I, I suspect that as a, as a first time mother, you will also do mistakes because you didn't know. And with dogs, having a puppy is probably worse because um, you're not forced to do any training or any program. You don't you're not giving any, you know, any foundations. The industry is not regulated. So you go online and you read everything and anything and the advices that are absolutely wrong. So unless you start seeing behavior problems, what would you know? You, you wouldn't mm-hmm. know. So that that's first, because I think put your oxygen mask before you try to, to help others. Now, with the dog, um, definitely look for a, um, a professional help to know how to do the training properly. Uh, and by professional help, I say a trainer or a behaviorist that is uh, certified or member of, there are certain organizations, which I don't know if you want me to, to name them, name them um, which they follow certain you know, proper ethics. Um, and Trainers that use positive reinforcement because the issue you have at that age is because those behaviors bother you, you will get very frustrated and probably tell off the dog using punitive methods, physical methods, start getting confrontational with your dog. Um, 
which is not fair. Because that's what I was saying, take a deep breath. Because at the end of the day, your dog just is doing what it works best for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not trying to be naughty. So going back to basic, going back to train, you know, the the behaviors that you don't want. um, Just think about what you want. Because if a client comes to me and says, I don't want my dog to jump. The dog has already jumped. I can't undo that. But if you tell me what you want your dog to do instead... So instead mm-hmm. of jumping, I want my dog to have, you know, their four paws on the ground. Well, now we can focus on that. Now we can teach the dog what you expect. So um, one of the examples of unruly behaviors that the advice that you're giving online um, can backfire is when your dog jumps at you, ignore it. Completely ignore your dog. Mm-hmm. Well, if your dog is jumping on you because it wants attention from you, wants to say hello, you you know, you left for three hours, four hours, you come back home and your dog is so happy to see you and is jumping at you. And when he was a puppy, you were like, hey, you were on the ground and hello on the floor. And now suddenly you're like, no, I know you love me and you with flowers and chocolate to welcome me, but just sit down on the sofa there. Mm -hmm. And whenever I'm ready and whenever I think that you, you know, it's not fair. So it's not Mm -hmm. ignoring your dog. It's teaching your dog that to say hello to you, it has to have its four paws on the ground. Mm-hmm. or on the floor so mm-hmm. wait for your dog to do that behavior and then say hello and yes when your dog jumps ignore but it's that balance I don't know if I'm explaining it well in focusing on what you want versus I don't want my dog to jump so no I'm going to ignore you mm-hmm. well t- tell me what you want me to do mm-hmm. instead and and if you give me what I want if I offer you what what you want then we have a win-win situation mm-hmm. that makes perfect sense and it's something I've heard before too it's exactly what you're saying as well. You know, if you say no to a uh, dog, don't do that. There are a million other, infinite other things it can choose to do. And the dog's just having to guess. Whereas if yes. you show the dog what you do want it to do, you're likely to have much quicker success. Absolutely. And uh, for example, uh, you know, if you, if you come to, if I, if I, you come to my home, I'm, I'm not going to be, I'm not that mean. But if you come to my home and you're like, you're going to try to sit on this. Oh, no, don't sit there. And then you're trying to sit somewhere. No, no, don't sit there. And then somewhere. No, no. You're going to look at me and going, well, what, are you are you going to tell me where you want me to sit? I'm going to get really frustrated. And you're also going to get frustrated with me because you're like, oh, my God, can she not sit where I have in mind that I want her to sit? Mm-hmm. So it's the same. It's the same principle. It's just that potentially dog and us, we don't speak the same language. That's it. That's a really, really good analogy. What is what are the 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 key things to remember then it's not going to be easy is it it's not going to be uh a, a, you know one day of training and it's all fixed so what advice would you give to an owner um things they shouldn't forget or things they should bear in mind when they're embarking on this kind of training of a dog who's hit the terrible twos uh consistency really consistency um again think about when we were young you don't just go to the class for an hour and then you're gonna well if you do that i will be very jealous um that you go to a 45 minute class and then you sit on the exam and you got a plus 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 you need to be doing your homework um and also you need to you know understand the individual that you have in front of you because every dog is going to be an individual and every dog is going to have different needs so for example if you have a dog that has a, a personality or temperament that is very hypersocial yeah that really likes like i did 
likes to go clubbing and you know was super social when I was an adolescent you're not going to be able to stop me from doing that you're not going to be able you know to be like oh look at the neighbor Maria she's so good and she's always in the library reading it's not going to work for me to expect Mm -hmm. that but as a training if you channel that energy that for instance if I like I'm very exuberant well maybe with a dog if he has that food might not be the best reward to use with training. Maybe you want to engage with your dog with toys, play mm-hmm. tug award, mm-hmm. um, give puzzles, give something that is more energetic potentially mm-hmm. to, to drain a little bit of that exuberance mm-hmm. or reward with cuddles, reward with going and say hi um, to people, obviously in an appropriate manner. That's so true. It's all about finding what works. It's all about finding what works for your dog. Um, as an individual, I remember when I was training Soot, my dog, when he was, I was trying to train his recall. Uh, we moved back to London. We moved to London from overseas and he was off lead in the park for the first time in his life. And he was a two and a half year old dog. And the first few times I let him off the lead were an absolute disaster. I thought, okay, I'll take a few steps back. And he just wasn't interested in me in the park. And I had him on this long lead and I was using treats and I was like using a high pitched voice and making a fall out of myself using toys. Nothing that I did made me more interesting than the squirrel over there. Oh my God, that's I I was going, I was, I was just going, please don't go with squirrels. Please not. Go ahead. What did you do? Because I'm right. I'm I'm taking notes from you now about what did you do? So I realized that what he loves in the park more than anything else is to sniff after things. He just loves to sniff Ari. He just wants to sniff, 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 sniff. And so I realized if I became the source of that fun for him, I would throw something and he would have to sniff around and find it. Suddenly, I was the most interesting thing in the park. But it took me such a long time to realize that that game, where I gave him something to sniff around and find, was what was going to to keep his attention on me. But it took so long to discover that. Yes, and and I love that you you said that, because one of the things um, with the issue that you have online when you just look at training and why sometimes it works or not, is because it's like throwing spaghetti against the wall. If you don't understand really how your dog is feeling the the you know the motivation what is driving your dog what my work to one dog will not work for yours so one mistake that I did with my my dog who's now it's gonna he's gonna be nine years old uh I was so excited and he he's a mini miniature schnauzer not that it matters but I went to the park and I tossed a ball mm-hmm. and I was expecting him to retrieve the ball because that's where you look at the movies and I was like What's wrong with him? You know, why <laughs> he's not bringing me the yeah? Why he's not bringing me the ball back? And even you know, I've got clients that have retrievers, and they're also very surprised. And I'm like, well, that's a behavior that needs to be you know that needs to be trained. And yes, um, I'm completely deviating here, but yeah, it's it's understanding about what your dog wants. So with the squirrels, and that's what I was holding my breath because um, <laughs> the, the 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 training center we're based in Notting Hill, so it's very close to. Um, Kensington Gardens and high parks where people are feeding squirrels so they're absolutely not scared of dog they follow you they're very chubby and if they had a file to file their nails they will just look at you going like you know catch me if you can so that's when recall 
goes completely out of the window if the clients have potentially rewarded with food and with treats that we perceive as being very high value because it's organic free range, whatever brand um, that costs a lot of money. Uh, but A, you might have been given that treat for the last three years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it loses completely value. And B, and you can see that, that the dogs potentially prefer, I don't know, fox food than your treats. <laughs> that might not be high. I'm not suggesting that you grab fox food to reward your dog. <laughs> but it's just to find out what is it. And with dogs, for example, that are very, very squirrel motivated, it could be that you have a... Mm. a toy like a um i don't know i don't know how it's called a toy that is like a squeaky toy but long that you can just start throwing pretending that exactly pretending that you are the squirrel and making your dog chase that and playing tug Mm -hmm. so playing with your dog not just tossing the ball because that anyone can do it that doesn't create really a bond between you and your dog but learning how to play with your dog and your dog start chasing you versus the squirrel then you channel Mm-hmm. That 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 need of mm-hmm. going and chasing whatever wild animal. Before we finish, um, I'm going to ask you if you have any hints or tips for owners that they can be doing at home with their dog. Uh, just one thing that they can turn off this podcast episode and go and try with their dog right now to start to build that bond and that communication and set those boundaries and expectations. Hmm. One thing. Okay. I would do a lot of mental stimulation activities. So what I mean by that is like you are doing with your dog, scent work if you want at home, um, food puzzles. Um, only one thing, I will do positive reinforcement training. I will just start training tricks uh, for the for the fun of it. So like when you go to school, if you have a good teacher, and you get reinforced, you will love going back and learn more. So those will be the, the two things. And and understand your dog. Just really, really listen to your dog body language. Understand that you, the dog that you have in front of you. I love that. Make it fun. Don't get annoyed and understand your dog. I think they're th- you can't really ask for much more. Yeah, it's so hard because it's such a vague uh, question and it really depends on the on the on the person and the dog that you have and there's this idea sometimes or or some pet owners have this idea that they really don't want to use treats or they think oh no I I just want my dog to learn to do it without the treats what would you what do you have to say to those kinds of owners is it okay to be using treats for training oh absolutely absolutely so so Treats, it's food, okay? And and food is what we call intrinsically reinforcing. So you are born loving food. Because if you don't eat, you die, simply. Um, so that's what you use a food um, to reinforce love, for reinforcing a lot of things. I remember that one of the things I love to go to my grandmother's home is because she will always do my best favorite cake. <laughs> Yeah, and you get spoiled, and that's what at dinner, you know, birthday parties, you have a birthday cake. There is food, food there, and there's special food. Um, so yes, I will always say use treats. And if what you concerned, because that's what I found that owners are concerned because their dogs might put on weight, then that's something that we control anyway. I mean, I'm yet to see a dog that opens the fridge itself and help itself with food. <laughs> um, so if your dog is a little bit overweight, you can always you know, bring that food out. You can use the dog's food as well 
their mm-hmm. allowance. Um, so I would give definitely. I definitely would use food. However, I agree that that's not the only reinforcement, as we were talking mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. before. You know, a reward can be access to something. A reward can be mm-hmm. play. A reward can mm-hmm. be attention. It's really what the dog wants to have. So um, if... You know, if if I go to a restaurant and ask a t- sticky toffee sticky toffee pudding, as you can see, it's my favorite dessert, and a waiter <laughs> comes and gives me a a book of animal behavior, which I probably love, I'll be like, thank you for the book, but where is my dessert? It didn't meet my need. <laughs> and if he comes back and gives me an ice cream, oh my god, I'm probably going to give a very bad review to that restaurant. <laughs> um, so it's the same. But trainers, for example, I will be using food for training your dog because the dog mm-hmm. doesn't have any bond with me the dog doesn't mm-hmm. trust me and i know that if it you know it will it will it will love food it, well mm-hmm. hopefully i have to find the food that it likes because if you give me mm-hmm. a, a broccoli i won't like that i'm more of a of a meat <laughs> but it depends on obviously on the individual thank you so much for all of your advice antonella it's been fascinating to have you on the podcast and i hope this helps an owner or two with their teenage dog i hope so i hope so too thank you Thank you.